Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me today is my host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Mm-hmm. Been a hectic week. Yeah, hectic weekend. And we, like this is, I think this is the latest we've recorded in the history of Summoner's Call. 9:40 p.m. on a Sunday. We're burning the I th- I Sunday. I think there oil. was, yeah, I think there was one or two times where we recorded on a Monday because we couldn't do it all weekend. But it might be the latest in the day we've recorded. Yeah. So if we if we appear to to be a little sleepy uh we both uh worked today <laughs> that's what i'll say and uh yeah we're just gonna talk about fire Emblem heroes and i, I didn't I, really I miss fully, this week i fully accept claiming a child's birthday party is work <laughs> yeah it had nothing to do with the kids though we'll just leave it at that uh but um it's it's interesting because i didn't want to you know because we always have the option life comes first we always have the option to say maybe we don't do a show this week but of all weeks this would have been one not to miss because it's 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 a week to celebrate we got our choose your legends 2 banner you know yep last week after we recorded unlike we expected we did not get the actual banner the next day or that night we got a notice of a fate channel for the next day for this choose your legends 2 banner mm-hmm. so and the next day as expected once we didn't get the banner and got the Faye Channel announcement. The Faye Channel was all about the new Choose Your Legends 2 and how they're the, they're, they are the Forging Bonds characters and telling us all about them. Yeah, we kind of nailed it across the board when it came to it. I mean, Intelligent Systems has continued to announce things shortly after we record. I expect something to go live in just under an hour. We're not going to be recording at the time because we're going to make this a, a short yet sweet episode but i mean as always we, we we'll, we'll start the show by going over the banners you've got your uh micaiah and soth bound hero battle uh that one's going on to the 28th heroes with healing skills that goes on to september 6th that just launched today the festival in hoshido the performing arts-esque banner goes to the 7th and finally as stated arrival of the brave goes until the 14th of september so get your orbs on uh, Eddie, how have you been doing with your, your polls? Uh, well, considering the Festival in Hoshido banner is far more limited because the Brave Heroes will be part of the normal summoning pool, I kept fight- hunting for Micaiah, got mm-hmm. a Sigbert pity break, followed by a lobster and a sword heart, uh, but finally managed to get Micaiah. Oh, nice. So I've, I've gotten ready to start feeding my orbs into the Choose Your Legends banner. So you haven't uh, actually not pulled? Gotten... I've pulled a couple times, uh, but I'm waiting since I'm looking for three of the four colors. I'm waiting till I have a full twenty. When I'm down to one color, I, don't, I go like when I get thirteen, because it's very seldom that you have more than three of one color in a pull. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a few times I haven't gotten anything out yet. I did uh, for the uh, free one. I did actually end up getting he- choosing Hector. Oh, cool. So, the, I, I know a lot of the uh, YouTubers who do Fire Emblem suggest summoning first, then getting the uh, free one based on what you don't get. Uh, but I was never that worried. I'm, you know, 
I was of a case of, I don't know when, if at all, I'm going to have time to summon on this one, so... You just wanted just... Your, your candy to... Yeah, I'll take my Hector. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that approach, because I actually decided to save. I look at these heroes, and we're going to go in-depth on, on you know what kind of skills they have and what makes them all unique, but in terms of summoning, I just decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to hold on to that, because I didn't realize that was even an option with the first one, so... I just chose Brave Lynn, and and then I think I was able to summon Lucina last year. Uh, this year, I, I pumped all my orbs into into summoning from uh, the arrival of the Brave Banner. And, yeah, I think cool. I did pretty good. Well, how did you do? Well, I, I, I summoned Brave Veronica, which was nice, because she's sort of the most unique out of all the, the heroes. In terms of her just being, this is the first time she's ever been playable. Uh, and I also got Brave Celica. Sel- I almost said Selena. That's not right. Uh, pretty early on, though, in the in the summoning pool. So that was that was a nice surprise. I think I had like maybe 100 orbs left at that point. And then this is where, uh, you know, when I was looking for Hector and Ephraim, because I, I figured Hector or Ephraim doesn't matter who pops up, because the last one I'll get with my free orb. Uh, I ended up getting a, a Murr which I, I did not have before, as well as a Brave Ike, which I, I just merged into my existing uh, Brave Ike. So I'm still on the hunt okay. for either blue or green orbs, and then whoever I don't get, I'll, I'll summon. Although it looks like, you know, again, we'll go into it later on, it looks like maybe I'm missing, you know, the two the two stronger characters because they are they are armored characters. Um, but yeah, no, I'm... I'm I'm really, I'm really excited that I was able to summon both uh, Brave Veronica and Brave Salica. I think they're both really rad characters, and I'm looking forward to to diving in a little deeper on what those characters are later on in the show. Yep, uh, it can be argued whether they're really stronger because armored do have a bunch of extra weaknesses with uh, the armored killing tomes and stuff. Like the new Micaiah has a armor and cavalry killer tome, so she right. does extra damage on armored. Uh, and most armored are pretty weak to magic, period. That's so, true. But they are some of the. They are often considered stronger. Uh, not much. I'm not sure much notable. The forging bonds has started. I've just done a couple of them. I did manage to cap up the tempest trials uh, just barely, since I wasn't running many bonus heroes for it. But I did manage to cap that out before it ended. Yeah, I missed out. I think on the last eight k. Um, I think I fell behind on a couple days, which which is unfortunate. I, I don't like seeing Tempest Trials uncapped, just orbs laying on the table like that, but, you know. But at least you got all the repeat bonus heroes. I did. The silver so, lining is yeah. I was able to merge a lot of, a lot of cool cats there, uh, especially the gold yep. ones, so that was good. Um, as always, this week we got a new uh, Rival Domains Battleground Tactic Drill and Tactic Drill. Uh, we still have the Bound Hero Battle with Micaiah and Soth going until the 28th. We have the Summer Celebration Quest going until the 30th. And the Weapon Workouts going until the 31st. So we're coming up on the final week to get those. So you might want to check what you're missing and uh, try and focus down. Uh, as mentioned, the Forging Bonds, Rejecting Destiny with the Four Brave Heroes is going on now until the 7th. And the Illusory Dungeons Festival of Heroes is going on till the ninth still. Mm-hmm. Get your tap on. 
upcoming events in the game of Fire Emblem Heroes include the legendary banner and battle starting on August 28th, so literally in two days. I expect that trailer, Intelligent Systems, as soon as we stop recording. Uh, Grand Conquest, or uh, otherwise known as Eddie's Favorite Mode, returns on the 29th. Uh, <laughs> order. Yes, my favorite mode that I forget about until uh, the last hour or two of each section. It's true. It's not a lie whatsoever. Uh, order of Heroes quests uh, will pop up on August 31st. And finally, a voting gauntlet login bonus will start on the 1st. And, I mean, as a little tidbit, obviously, a, log, uh, a voting gauntlet will be starting shortly after. So look forward to that. Okay, and let's go ahead and hop into our topic, which we already suggest- mentioned earlier. We have the arrival of the Brave Banner, our four new heroes mm-hmm. uh, that have arrived. Uh uh, as we mentioned, there they are Hector, Ephraim, Celica, and Veronica. Um, you want to go ahead and start with? Uh, do you want to start like they did with Veronica, or go ahead and start in with? Uh, Let's do your what? notes. I think that it makes sense to go in order. I what just, you got here? Yeah, I just listed them. Okay, so we'll start up with Hector. Yeah, no uh, armads. Just got to throw that out there real quick. Yep, he has a lance this time. He's lance armored as usual. For some reason, Hector just refuses to wear anything but armor. Uh, he can be stubborn that way, I guess. Um, things to note is that his unique, his legendary lance, Maltet, has a feature where if he is above 50% health and the foe initiates combat, he makes a guaranteed follow up attack. So. He will double anyone who initiates contact while he starts with more than 50% health. Built in, um, what is it? Ah, it's not Bold Fighter, it's the other one. Vengeful Fighter? Oh, okay. Uh, although limited by health. Uh, and he comes with Bold Fighter, which means if he has enough health, he doubles on both player and enemy phase. And he... Plus, huh? Well, I was just going to say, he's an armored unit, so he's got lots of health, so he usually probably yep. will. And, you know, as long as they're not magic, a lot of defense so that their damage doesn't hit as hard. True. Um, also, he has a unique version of Distant Counter called Ostian Counter, which, uh, when... Uh, that gives him a buff when he is attacked. Hmm. Uh, let me find the exact wording here. Yeah, units can counterattack uh, you, regardless. Yep. Or sorry, unit if, can counterattack. If the foe initiate combats, he gets a buff of attack and defense plus four during that that fight. That's pretty. That's so, pretty good. That makes him a, like a strong contender for. For oh yeah, yeah, like a really good M- pull. Much more likely, even if they get a hard attack in on him the first time, he's more likely to smack them down for good uh, before they can get their second attack in if they have it. True. Yeah. And if they he if they get both their attacks in, he'll come back with yet another attack if he started with enough health. That's crazy. So, and I like his yep. design too, right? Like it's it's different from his legendary and and a lot of like love abounds and stuff, like his other versions. It's different enough, mm-hmm. I think. Oh uh, yeah, it's green instead of the normal blue that he usually wears. Plus he's got a rad uh, green cape. armor. Uh, yep. 
Uh, he had a pretty rad cape before, but oh, this is a nice, this is a nice purple and blue one that he's wearing, and mm -hmm. of course him having a lance. Uh, the armor is based off of his uh, brother. Uh, excuse me, his brother in Fire Emblem Seven. Uh, I don't know if you ever actually. I guess you did eventually meet him, but I don't remember his name. It's yeah, I, I forgot his name already as well. I think they mentioned it in the um Uther? No. No. Something. I thought it always started with a U. Uh, well, his brother. He lo he's wearing his brother's. Yeah. It's interesting how they do that. They they did that with uh with Brave Roy last year, right? I think so. Um, <clears throat> or some was that more of his father's gear instead? It was his father's gear. Yes, he was wearing Elwood stuff. It was really cool. Yeah. So uh, next, we have our sacred twin lord, Ephraim, who is an axe-armored unit. <laughs> uh, so, as they mentioned in the Fae channel, Ephraim and uh, Hector switched gear, switched weapons. So, uh, he wields a special uh, weapon that, if he has any rally or hone skill... Or extra move it granted to him, he gets a guaranteed follow-up attack. And he does come with armor march 3, so if he's on a field with another armored unit, he gets that double attack throughout the rest of the, or throughout the entire game, as long as he stays near them. Hmm. So, if you rat, or if someone, if he loses his friend, uh, he gets that, ra he gets rallied, he will get that, um, bonus I swear I'll learn how to talk one of these episodes <laughs> I mean like if you look if you look at these skills it seems like this Ephraim would be a good uh, addition to an armor team right like he, he he's a good armor meta character if he's got a lot of these you know pair up moves is, is am I hearing that right uh, he comes with armor march, so if you're doing an armored team, that's always a nice one to have on at least one, if not two, of your characters. Um, you know, he and the boost from his weapon is kind of useful and nice, especially if you ha make sure you have someone with rally in case his armor march gets deactivated, or if you give him the armored boots, uh, gets deactivated. That gets deactivated a lot easier too, but. Hmm. Uh, so, allows him extra attacks. Uh, as was mentioned in Discord, it is kind of um, he's powerful, but there are quite a few powerful armored axe wielders already. Right, uh, a I lot got of hectors. Yeah, a lot of hectors. I got my winner Lissa, which I enjoy and found find her to be quite useful and powerful. So, he he does have a he has one of the more crowded slots being an armored axe wielder which hmm. is kind of odd since axes are axe wielders are some of the lower uh filled slots True. Know, the green units are some of the lower but those armored axe units are kind of crowded yeah there are a lot of armored axe users and i, and I mean i don't have a maybe if we end up getting around to sacred stones i'll have a, a closer sort of attachment to Ephraim, but right now I don't. I don't have an Ephraim, 
on, on at all across the board and i would like to have this version but i'm you know toying with the idea of between him and hector i, I might pick hector with my free summon if i'm not successful you know with my other yeah. other summoning but i, I mean it's still really cool and these guys do go into the general pool so there's still a chance to pull them down the road um but yeah, he looks really neat. I mean, I know I always, uh, I look back and it's like, he's got a great design. Again, he's got the whole like robe type situation going on below the, below the armor and stuff. And that's a sweet looking axe. Not going to lie. Yep. Yeah. I didn't notice a lot of these characters look like they're wearing dresses to me. Yeah. They're, except they're for robes the... and stuff. Make them kind of look like they're wearing dresses. Except for Celica. She's not wearing any pants. She's just wearing like a weird... the other three all kind of half look like they're wearing almost dresses to me. True. So. Even Especially like Ephraim with his, in his attack move that they show in the game, in the thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's a weird thing, but you know. So what about Veronica? What, uh, she, she, this is her first addition to the game so like yep, does she come is... in swinging uh yes yeah, she comes in swinging she actually has a essentially because of her weapon uh and her what she see how she comes with she actually has both versions of the staff skills dazzling staff and wrathful staff uh she actually straight up has wrathful staff as a um skill on her and her unique weapon uh Foe has the dazzling staff built in where the foe cannot counter attack. Oh, uh, but wait, wait, wait. How do you pronounce her staff? No clue. It just looks like they Lid- slammed a bunch Lidscalf? of letters together. <laughs> yeah. Hill, hilly, hello. Yeah, that, that weird D is pronounced some special way that I've never known. Okay. And like KY, KJ, I think, is a. Y sound so Hildskjalf or Hild- something like that Hildskjalf? I, I don't know oh, man. that's why I just that's why I was just going with her weapon I know that's but how I, I pronounce her that's how I pronounce it her weapon but this is what the users want the the listeners they want to hear us butcher weirdly named stuff so Hildskjalf sounds yes. pretty good though yes and um the other feature of her weapon there Hildskjalf or whatever, um, is that after combat, if she attacks with it, she debuffs enemies within two spaces and buffs her allies within two spaces. With all four stats minus four to the enemy and all four stats plus four to her allies. So, she is a buff- buffing queen. And she has a new uh, bomb skill, which are the um, uh, healer specials that will boost stats. Uh, her new one is that when she heals an ally with a staff, she grants attack speed plus six to all allies for one turn. Hmm. And it has a cooldown count of one, so it'll be popping every other turn, pretty much. That's insane. So That's a really good combo. Like, I mean, I don't know, Tempest Trials? This, she's going to be rocking. Oh yeah, she's going to be healing, or if she attacks, she'll be buffing. She'll, she's a a buffing queen. Mm-hmm. Good job, Veronica. First on the scene, uh, her first time on the scene. I know we've we've talked about maybe her popping up elsewhere in a grand hero, hero battle or something, but 
I think they handled this wonderfully, and they and they gave us like another world version of her, so that's good. So I, I, I yep. uh, applause all around. Really good stuff. And finally, we come to the one who has caused quite a stir, at least in our Discord. <laughs> I saw that Discord's many, been many discussions. Today. Many discussions about her unique skill. Uh, first off, she has Royal Sword, which is the weapon that Alm uses through a good chunk of uh, Echoes. Um, as she mentions in the video, it's a weapon that can only be wielded by Royalty, which would explain why she can use it. Uh, in Heroes, it grants speed plus three, and if she is within two spaces of an ally, she grants... Or she gains a special cooldown charge plus one per unit's attack. Only highest value is applied. Does not stack. So what does that mean? It means that if she's surrounded by... Okay, it took me a second to re read this. So it seems like if she has an ally within two spaces... She gets a plus one per attack, so she might be, um, you know, gaining two cooldown charges every time she goes if she's doubling in a unit, an opponent. Hmm. And depending on what her skill is, which I think she has comes with um, up to Gale Force, uh, I think Aster and Gale Force, which is a five skill thing, she can use her Gale Force almost every second round. She'll be dropping that skill so fast. Wow. So essentially, instead of the... From what I can tell, if I'm reading it right, when she is within two spaces of an ally, she will gain two cooldown charges for each swing that she does. So if hmm. she doubles, she gets four cooldown charges instead of the normal two. That's crazy. And and, and you mentioned that she's... And and when the ally retaliates, she'll actually get an extra cooldown charger, so five instead of three. Holy crap! Well, if she's doubling the enemy, if she's, um, if she's you know not doubling the enemy, she'll get three instead of one, or two. Four, and in... she'll get three instead of two if she's not doubling. But yeah, it sounds like she'll be. Building up that uh, special uh, cooldown pretty quickly. So, if she's within two spaces of an ally. Uh, but the one that's actually built the most, what that the discussion in Discord was about, is that she has a new skill, Deathblow 4. The so, it's first an actual skill, rank yeah. 4. Yep, it's actual first rank 4 of a skill in the game. That's really uh, interesting that they've waited this long to do that. It's kind of interesting that they've decided to do it. And yeah. there was much discussion in Discord. The What was the big discussion in Discord was about is how they should handle other, peop other characters who have Deathblow 3 already. Whether they should... Whether they will actually keep it as on new 5 stars only, which seems to be the least popular... Uh, choice. Uh, there were suggestions of a um, skill forge area, like um, the weapon forge areas, where if you have Deathblow 3, you could go and spend 
feathers, arena medals, or other currencies to upgrade it to Deathblow 4. Uh, we have no clue what they're going to do in the future, but it's definitely caused a lot of discussion in there. It opens up a can of worms where you have they have to make a choice and they have to stick to it. And I don't think they've made that choice yet. They've just made the choice to recognize that, yes, level 4 I, skills are available. I think they've probably have an idea of what they want to do if they haven't fully made the choice already. Because mm-hmm. uh, as the choose your legend shows it takes about six months for a character to get made so if they have other level four skills coming they probably have a couple of them in there already so i'm surprised this hasn't been like data mined at all and people have been surprised so maybe maybe we'll get more now that it is out there as a possibility maybe we'll start seeing them in the data mine well it hasn't been Sorry, it hasn't been data mined because IS uh, pretty early on, or at least recently, has gotten smart smart about data mining. Uh, you'll notice that if there's a new banner in a data mining or in a download, they release the trailer before they release the update. Right. That mean, yeah, you that's know, true. We didn't actually get the update with the. Uh, new the brave heroes in it until after the Faye channel had finished and some point later that night there was a you know when you load up the screen screen there was an update mm-hmm. one of the you know 30 megabyte updates or whatever so they're they've been very they're very close to the chest on that and not releasing if there's something hidden in the update they generally wait until they've released the banner to release the update to the game. Right. And I mean, I think out of all the characters that we've talked about tonight from Choose Your Legends 2, I think her look, her her look and feel to me is is the best in terms of how it's a throwback to the concept art from the original uh Fire Emblem Gaidens, right? Like, yeah, that that was actually another discussion I saw on the Reddit or somewhere else, um, maybe it was one of the YouTube videos, uh, that was showing another outfit that she wears at some point, uh, whether in like the card game or some other special thing that was released that a lot of people were hoping she would be wearing for this and were upset that they went with this retro. I kind of like the retro. I dig the retro. It looks, it, it looks a little weird, but I kind of like it. It kind of works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So. No, I, I really like the retro, and my favorite thing about this retro look is that immediately after they started posting that now we're going to get a Marth alt with no pants. <laughs> Interesting. I'm guessing there was old Marth uh, retro designs where he had no noticeable pants. Yeah, the original NES art for Marth w- looked like uh, the original Link art where he, he appears to just be not even wearing tights but like just a, a little skirt so nice i don't know if they call it a skirt but that's what it looks like to me okay well uh let's go and move on to game club where we're doing fire Emblem echoes shadows shadows of valentia part six uh in this one um well i'll admit i procrastinated a bit 
And then with work getting a little crazy, I didn't quite finish Act 5. Uh, we were supposed to go to the end, uh, which you actually did. But I ended up not quite being able to because uh, I procrastinated too long to start it. And when I did start it, I just didn't have the time uh, with work keeping me busier than I was expecting a couple nights. Uh, but we did at least finish Act 4. And I got possibly halfway or a good chunk of the way through Act 5. In Act 4, uh, we finished with Celica making it up Duma Tower and giving herself to Jeddah. You're, you take a team, as you mentioned last week. It was quite a challenging group of fights. I actually had to... Um, uh, I chose to reset it once so I could uh, bring in a team that had a lot more uh, dread fighters and hard-to-kill-with-magic characters. Because mm -hmm. uh, earlier on, I had chosen who was probably my strongest Falcon Knight, uh, Pala, and then realized that she had horrible resistance and there were a lot of um, magic users in Celica's route there. Yeah. And she went down pretty quick, and it's like, you know, I'm early enough in. I'm just going to pop back out to the start and choose someone who has better resistance than her. I, I had to restart uh, this dungeon as well because I, I didn't realize it was the final one. And then people were like, oh, no, you want to take... Usually when you go into a dungeon, you're taking your, you know, you, some of your better guys, but also folks you want to level up a little bit because it's a chance to grind. This is not a yep. grind. This is... You're bringing your best guys in to beat this chapter. Well, you, you might grind a little, but y yeah. you're grinding those powerful characters because that's who you need to beat the chapter, so... Yeah, you're, you're just not... You're not bringing in, like, a low-level character to... Yeah, you're not to... grinding those low-level characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, after she, uh, gives herself up to, uh, Jeddah, he transports all the, all of her allies elsewhere in the tower, or under the tower, and, um, Alm is, now has a landslide that frees up block, the blockage in the path, and allows him to continue on towards Regal Castle, where he faces off against Rudolph, who, mm -hmm. during the battle, if you actually attack with Alm, just Alm only is, I believe. Um, if it's anyone else, he will attack back. But if you attack with Alm, he will not attack. It says Rudolph refuses to attack for some reason. Yeah. Upon his defeat, it reveals why he refuses to attack. And yeah, which is, uh, sorry, I thought was. Ahead. I was just gonna say I thought it was excellent. Uh, it was just an excellent. Excellent story beat, but we should probably... Yeah, let's get through the story summary, and then we can talk a bit about it. Yeah, uh, it turns out that Alm is the Prince of Regal and Rudolph's son, uh, which is why he's not attacking. Um, you find out that years ago, uh, Rudolph found out about Duma going mad, and that uh, his, when his son was born with the brand, and he heard about uh, the Zophian Sof princess also born with the brand, uh, he remembered an ancient uh, prophecy, essentially, that uh, two 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 people born two heroes born with the brand would save Valentia. Uh, and he chose to set himself as a villain to cause the people and rise up and realize that to rise up and realize they did not eat, need the gods, hence sacrificing himself to save the continent he loved. 
Yeah. No, it's a, it's a very, very crazy uh, ending there. And, I mean, we played a little bit further, right? So, yes. Uh, you want me to take uh, this You want to just... Well, do you want to? Do you have any more discussion of Act Four before we move on to Act Five? Yeah, let's 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 take a break and talk a bit about Act Four because I, I thought this ending to Act Four was kind of the, the best story beat, moment of the whole game where suddenly it's not just this mindless evil dude, it's a person who who has sacrificed himself and everything he loves, to save his country and not only his country but the whole continent of Valencia and it's it's just so different from every other Fire Emblem bad guy who is just like oh I'm crazy and I'm taken over by a dragon Rah. there's still a dragon Which, but yeah we technically still have that villain in Jeddah and Duma but true the villain we've been fighting and going after this whole game also explains the weird um things like Zeke when he joins you he uh is at first refusing to join you despite you being a good person then upon seeing your brand he says he was helped by rudolph and told that if he ever met someone with that brand he was to follow them without question and it kind of explains that because rudolph was not actually as evil as he seemed was trying to save the continent and Mm -hmm. um you know set himself in a position where people would rise up against him uh, fully, um, as one of the memory prism shows, fully hoping and expecting Alm to be the one leading the army coming after him. Yes. Yeah, and the fact that you find out that that's that's his father, and and he, as a father, made his son kill him. It was yeah. kind of just like. Although, although technically, in my game, Gray killed him, but still. Yeah. True. Like I, I can't remember if Alm did it or, and that was yeah. It was just. It was a very touching moment and kind of like you're right there's still there's still the dragon there's still the corrupted dude but the fact that this guy wasn't also the corrupted dude and he was just he was doing everything in his power to just end the tyranny of these these old gods and and bring forth a you know a reign of man is kind of really cool to see and and well set up I think. Yep, he recognized Duma going mad and he set into motion stuff so that uh, you know, the world could, or the Valentia could be free of Duma. Mm-hmm. No. So. It's very good. And uh, as we move into Act 5, now we will end this the story summary, summary where uh, where you left off, Eddie, but Om continues to Duma's temple at the direction of Rudolph through an underground passage finding the dead Mila and Selica with uh, Jetta and... Uh, so dead, so Mila's dead, and Selica is with Jetta, and Selica is certain that killing Duma will doom Valencia. She later finds out Jetta has been lying to her, but is unable to do anything about it. Alma is determined to continue on for Selica and his father's last wish to allow the people to decide their future, and is willing to work hard to see that his country is saved and survives. Yeah, the, that that was a big conversation about. Uh, Clive being uncertain whether they should continue and stuff, and uh, you know, Alm's like, you know, yes, I have emotions in this, but why shouldn't I, you know, type thing. Um, mm-hmm. Saving Selica's right. Uh, you know, my father wanted his last wish was us to defeat Duma, and you know, if Duma does make uh, 
Valentia as barren as Sophia currently is because of Mila's death, um, it's still something he still feels it should be for the people to fight hard and learn to live in that as mm-hmm. opposed to being ruled over and controlled exactly. by beings other than themselves, the gods. And, you know, there's like a discussion of, uh, you know, who will be helping. And like uh, Lucas is like, I'll help. And uh, Claire's like, I'd love to learn about farming too. And Alm's like, yeah, I'll come help in farming as well. I mean, it's quite a funny conversation. No, it was, a, conversation. It, it was a good conversation because right after that uh we we yep. delve into some pretty dark stuff with uh you find yeah, Burkut again yeah we actually see a bit of this before we actually start going through the dungeon at the end of act four but it comes to a head here yeah so Burkut has gone mad in his search for power after learning who alm actually is and he kills renea offering her duma for more power and after being defeated Renea saves his soul as he dies and he comes to his senses apologizing for his behavior. So there's there's this is where you start entering the dungeon and you're in the dungeon, you're you're progressing through. I don't know about you, but I found this dungeon to be kind of confusing and it was hard to tell whether you were progressing down the main path or a side path and to the point where I actually came across this and I was like, "Oh crap, I probably missed a whole side path for like treasures and 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 fountains and stuff." Um and man, it's a pretty a, dark fight. Oh yeah, um, there was a. I actually looked at it and I figured uh, the direction going towards the cage that we saw Mila in uh, was the direction that would continue the main path. So I did the side path first. Uh, there was a Mila shrine in there and a couple other things, but pretty much a dead end. Mm-hmm. In that on that side, a couple guys to fight and stuff, but pretty much a dead end. So it's it. And it's not it's not a complex fight. There's not a lot of dudes in in this fight because it is a it is a mid boss I think for this whole this whole yeah. temple. Um, yeah, com- compared to some of those fights with Rudolph, where the army their army was like 30, 40 people, and you you had your normal group. Yeah, <laughs> this is a little more less complex, but you do it's a dungeon, so you only have ten folks with you. So so it is going to yep. be on a smaller scale, but. What did you think about, you know, Burkut going full crazy and sacrificing his, his essentially his his partner, his his, his life partner, uh, who yeah, he loved per- dearly, who, right? who he loved dearly and who loved him more than anything. I mean, she tries to tell him that I don't care if you're emperor or not. I just want you, and he takes that as, oh, she fully expected him never to be emperor, or something, which is just, yeah, him in his despair not reading things properly. Um, it's a dark turn and interesting choice. Um, to a degree, it kind of makes sense, as odd as it is, because all the characters involved in this situation were not in the original game. Hmm. Fernand, uh, Berkut, I believe Fernand was not in the original game, Burkut, Renea were all added for as as was Faye, who's a separate situation, but Fernand, Burkut, Renea were not in the original game, so adding them like trying to figure out how they would fit in the end of the game would be more challenging than kind of 
neatly tidying it up because he kills Fernand as you're on your way to him. Um, but it was pretty dark, and you know it's interesting to see what lust for power can drive a person to. Yeah. You know, he he full he wants to prove himself to be good or as a be worthy of being the emperor and getting the power of being an emperor and and finding out that it's not possible you know he doesn't want to lose the power he has like he thinks he will and goes to insane lengths to try and keep that power yeah it's it's nuts really and and that fight was kind of it was it was hard for me because I always felt like okay Renea is his connection to just being a good person and possibly being able to and I thought when Alm was revealed to be essentially his cousin uh would have allowed him to kind of come to his senses but no it actually it actually pushed him further and just what he did to Renea essentially sacrificing her soul to have this little floating floating fire god above him was just it was so it was so much and i don't know like it, it again this game presented ideas that i just don't remember from other fire emblem games um mm-hmm. they alongside the rudolph reveal which i didn't see coming i didn't i didn't know that was the case because i had uh, this is all new territory for me so yeah i had um I wasn't trying to, but at some point I w- had read read and found out about that reveal. Right. Just like I've read, I've, you know, I haven't reached it in my original game, but I did read and find out about uh, what's at the, at the bottom of the uh, bonus dungeon in Act 6. So. Yeah, it's just, it was a really, it was just really good. I, I really enjoyed yeah what they were laying down with this and it was and after it all happened it was like okay that's a great way to end it as well because he was redeemed but he was still dead and and uh we essentially put him they kind of showed that you were right that renea was his link to sanity and in his gut reaction uh his uh you know can't fully can leave a lay a bit of the blame on Rudolph for the way he treats him on his last visit before him. Mm-hmm. It may have partially also been about um, Rudolph didn't want to sacrifice him uh, because he knew um, he was going to let Alm kill him, so he didn't want Berkut out there getting killed as well. But the way he said it to Berkut, it's like you know, you failed twice. Letting you fail a third time is foolish. So, kind of spurred on his desire to prove himself and prove that he was—he was more just being the heir as opposed to this out of nowhere upstart heir that suddenly appeared. And you know, it kind of drove him a little bit mad there, and. Renea phrasing her words the way she did, which were not wrong, and it wasn't wrong of her to phrase them like that, but the way she phrased them were easy enough for him to twist in his kind of despairing mind. You know, he had seen all his dreams shattered in a second, and the way she phrased things 
to his shattered mind, his you know mind that was just focusing on the loss of everything he had been striving for. Just he lost his sanity and it went dark. But it was mm-hmm. good, I felt as well. No, it was a very good and and fitting ending to the to the characters, and I think honestly a, a great accidental ending point for for this week's game club because i think the remain i mean the remainder of it we'll talk about next time but uh yep that, it, that's about to where i got to um, yeah right right before i was able to finish that fight watch him get uh his soul get saved by renea and Alm lose yet another family member yeah he's not having much luck uh, he he actually is you know, having terrible luck uh, when it comes to being reunited with long lost family members. And considering what the uh, what the opening sequence showed, he's going to lose the lo- his love his uh, his soulmate or his love. Yeah, well, we'll find out soon enough, won't we? We'll if that find is actually out what the happens case. next week or next time. Yeah, and we uh, have some news actually for the next game club as well. Uh, yep. Um, like like mentioned, next time we will actually be doing. Uh, I'll be finishing up the Act Five, and then we'll be moving into Act Six, which is the bonus act, uh, not originally part of Echoes. Um, from what you've mentioned, you've delved into it a little bit, and it is quite challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, like I said, I've actually uh, read ahead on other websites, so I know what'll happen. So I will go ahead and. Uh, next time we will go ahead and discuss what will actually happen in that store little extra story section. Uh, but we will go ahead and close out Echo's next game club, even if we don't actually finish the game because it uh, we're not able to build up our characters enough. Uh, but we do now have a straw poll up on which game we do next, um, and we will post that into Discord and have it in the notes. Uh, yeah. So go go ahead and get in the go ahead and look for it in the Discord and get your vote in for what game we do next. Yeah, uh, we sure. went ahead and made it a five game choice. Uh, we have Awakening, Echoes. No, not Echoes. We just finished Echoes. <laughs> I'll learn how to speak one of these days. Awakening. I'm not, we're not going to play Stones. it again. Yeah, Awakening, Sacred Stones, Fire Emblem, or Blazing Blade, as it is now known. Uh, but the game with Lynn and Hector and Ellawood, uh, Fate's Conquest, uh, and Shadow Dragon are the choices. So get your vote in, and next time we do Game Club, we'll announce what game we'll be starting. As well as what to try and complete if you're joining us uh, before the first section of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get that. Uh, we're, people will have a month to vote, so lots of time. But we want to get the we want to get as much time in there as possible to let people vote, so we can get a, a good representation of what the listeners want to hear about next. So certainly vote if you have a preference that we've listed, and uh, we've we've gone over it in the past. But I will mention we have p- put preference on games that have been released in North America, and that both Eddie and I can easily access. In the near future, if things become available that we can then, you know, expand our horizons, we'll look at that. But right now, these are the the best five op- five options without us playing um, all of the Fates games back to back, which is something we do do not really want to do. 
we want to yeah. get some get some breath in there before those uh, in between those ones. Yeah, I think there's a chance that if Fates does not get chosen by the straw poll, which is perfectly acceptable and fine, mm-hmm. that we might uh, lock Fates in for the next one after hopefully three houses, but maybe before, depending on how quickly you, we go through this game. Yeah, who knows? When when did we start this? Jeez, now that I'm thinking about it, like if this is part uh, six. This is our part six, so 12 weeks ago, Oof. in theory. So three months. Or maybe, maybe 10 weeks ago, but... Mm, well if part one then two weeks in between each part so yeah and i mean speaking of straw polls we we skipped over it but uh next week's summoner's focus will be genealogy of the holy war so you can check that out as well uh yep uh currently on the poll we uh we forgot to ask and get some extra info from discord uh so we went ahead and put arvis and arden uh, arden who we just got as a uh, bonus hero in the most recent tempest trial as a repeat um arvis was one of the grand hero battle units uh we also picked tail and eldigan for the other two on the choices so that that straw polls out there we'll put it in discord as well so get your votes in for who we covered next week on for genealogy of the holy war cool sounds good and i mean speaking of genealogy of the holy war i'm jumping around a bit here but the next uh, Grand Hero Battle has been data-mined as being from Genealogy of the Holy War. Uh, yep. Uh, all there is is a banner picture so far, mm-hmm. uh, but a character named Yamke or Jamke, J-A-M-K-E, uh, is, the, is in the data-mining notes as a Grand Hero Battle banner. Uh, his picture with the Grand looking like a grand hero battle banner uh but there is no character text or um or actual map associated with it as of yet no uh but But he he does appear to be an archer right uh yeah it the picture shows him with a white bandana holding a bow so he does appear to be an archer uh this also has put out some potential possibility that the next uh banner the one for uh, the seventh, I believe it was, mm-hmm. uh, or the eighth after the uh, special heroes banner ends, uh, might end up being genealogy based, giving us some more heroes for that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's uh, not much more to go on outside of that, but it's still interesting to see that that data mine did get in there as a seeing the grand hero battle kind of kind of leaked like that. So you think they're just they're going to save that all for after Legendary Banner and be like, okay, here's some genealogy of the Holy War stuff for your Grand Hero Battle Banner, stuff like that. There, there might be. Uh, we don't know for sure. Um, but it is entirely possible. All right. Uh, the, it's not the first time this has happened. Um, I believe the Hector and Matthew Bound Hero Banner, Bound Hero Battle was uh, found in the data mining before the actual text and quests or text and other and banner for all of that was uh put into the game so mm-hmm. well I'll look forward to that I, I i think that uh we won't have long to wait because in about a half hour intelligence systems going to announce something so we will we will talk about it in the discord but i think that's going to do it for this assuming uh, they haven't already released it early now 
Oh yeah, yeah. Quickly check Twitter just to be sure. I, I haven't seen it pop up, so I, or else I would have mentioned it. But uh, I think we're safe for now. Um, we have that half hour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that is going to do it for this week's episode. Eddie, uh, how are you feeling about Fire Emblem Heroes this week? Sorry, that threw me off. Were you asking for my final words? <laughs> yes. Because the final words I have this week don't quite fit with the way you phrased that. Oh, I didn't realize you have... <laughs> You have final words. Um, I was just I was just asking something different because we didn't. Anyways, any final well, words, Eddie? <laughs> am I really so interesting that you must pester me? <laughs> Evidently, yes. Uh, but uh, I, I did want to mention before we go, I was actually on Phaeology, and you can check out that episode by going to their feed. I think it's anchor.fm slash Phaeology. But um, look it up on all your favorite podcatchers and listen. We did a... We did a ranking of Lynn characters, and we just kind of had some some fun chatting about Fire Emblem Heroes, so check that out. Of course you did a ranking of Lynn's. It was Phil's idea, uh, but it went over quite well. I I had a good time, and they're very stat-based. I'm very, um, this Lynn looks cooler than the other Lynn, so I put this Lynn above that Lynn, and they're like, no, stats. And yeah, that's their their jam. Me, I I don't know. it, it went over very well, so check that out. Uh, you can find more of our episodes at gamersinpodcast.com slash Faye. You can email the show, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers In Discord over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Lots of great conversations happening about Fire Emblem Heroes, including a new member joining up uh, discovering the show. So if you know people who love Fire Emblem Heroes, certainly let them know about this year's show and get them hooked. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at rmurphy, Eddie at Drowfear, and don't forget to follow at the Gamers Inn for show updates. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning.